can just bring more love into your life. It's going to benefit you greatly and it's going to help the world too. So it's not it's not that hard. <laughs> and if you move in that direction towards toward love and towards your heart, then it's it's good for it's good actually it's good for your physical body it's good for your spirit it's and it's going to take you in the direction you want to go and you're anchoring more love into the planet so mm -hmm. all of us have the opportunity to make a difference i would say when you're up it's easy and but remember to share your gifts and use your gifts to the fullest and be grateful and when you're down which will happen too uh just take a step uh take a breath know that it's temporary also it will pass you'll learn you'll grow from it you'll get through it be patient uh and uh, you can still go on your journey and, and be live a fulfilled life you got to accentuate the positive wow, i feel good a little bit of feel good goes a long way you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain always a blessing to be with you all and please remember if you're liking the shows press that subscribe button tell your friends about it tell them to press the subscribe button <laughs> give us a like and a comment I'm sure you've heard many other podcasters say this it actually helps the algorithms on all the platforms if you comment and and leave you know a, a like or a share um, share the shows it helps the shows spread throughout the cosmos <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got the angels in the house again today with Philip and Jane Mount Rose. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. It's wonderful to Thank be here. Thank you for having us here. So where are you? You are which part of the world are you in? Which part of America? We're in uh, Central Coast, California, midway between uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Oh, lovely. And what's the your little dog's name? Because he's here too. This is Buddy. Buddy. Buddy's Mr. here as Bud. well. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the cats come come to sit next to me. You've got, you got the animal kingdom. As soon as I press oh, the record I button, I'll chat to you for like five or ten minutes before the show. He won't be anywhere. And then I press record. It's like now I'm going to jump on mom. <laughs> you can relate. <laughs> you can relate. Let me read uh, your bio here. So Philip and Jane Mountrose are pioneers and innovators in the realm of spiritual growth. They are healing, holistic coaches, energy healers, and authors of numerous books, including their new book, The Loving Power of Your Soul, a guidebook for realizing your true potential. Their mission of their Awakening Institute, which is their nonprofit organization, is to facilitate the unique gifts that each individual bring and receive, honor and respect where all are nurtured in allowing their gifts to blossom yeah basically you're here just to awaken humanity like the rest of us <laughs> just right. and to make things more loving i think love well love is to me the foundation of all of it so love is the answer love right is the <laughs> love is what the, the question world needs now <laughs> what the world needs now is more love. love 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 and your website is getting through.org getting through ah, that's an interesting name for a website getting thru mm -hmm. getting thru yeah dot org 
Yeah, it's it's interesting looking at what's happening in the world, uh, you know, over in the UK with the, uh, talking about this with Ray, with the monarch leaving. I've been watching all the pomp and ceremony. Right. And um, it doesn't look so loving to me. It looks like rules <laughs> and standards and lots of fashion and lots of uniforms and it's, it's, a, real, <laughs> it's a real spectacle. It's like really interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't feel a lot of love with the whole thing that's going on. There's lots of tears and mourning. Uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. What do you think about what's happening in the UK with the changing of the guard, so to speak? Well, hopefully we're transitioning to a new and better place and taking some of the good stuff of the stability. And it's kind of a very earthbound monarchy of you know, the way the earth was uh, and the colonization and the, all of that uh, sort of tribalism. But there's some nobility and beauty involved, but there is a lot of pomp and circumstance and external things yeah. of power about it. But hopefully we're, we're transitioning into a better and brighter world. Yeah, that's that's the plan, isn't it? Well, there is a lot of beauty. <laughs> there is a lot of beauty. I mean, the palaces are beautiful and the uniforms oh, are beautiful yes, and sure. flowers are beautiful and the cathedrals are beautiful. There is a lot of beauty, a lot of beauty. But anyway, we could talk about that all day. Yeah. Let's talk about who wants to start. I want to talk about your awakening story. Like what put you on your spiritual path? What were you thinking to want to even pursue it? Who wants to go first? Jane, you want to start? Sure, I can. I I mentioned to you earlier that we've been spiritual for for many decades, probably fifty years or so. We're, we've been around, and it seems to happen in layers. And we we connect more, and I think to higher and higher aspects of ourselves. So I think the time when we really started moving out of the mainstream and out of the belief in the collective consciousness was when. Uh, we realized that it just wasn't working for us and we had to do something dramatically different. We also were in a place where we actually, we met each other in a spiritual organization where the leader had the truth and everybody, you know, everybody followed along. And after a number of years, actually, we, we realized, well, if he has the truth, why is it we can't have the truth? And this is all, this all kind of went together. So we left that organization and set out for to find our truth. <laughs> and we we took a lot of intuition courses and different courses, aura reading and this and that. And finally, we connected with some people who became really wonderful spiritual teachers for us who taught us something they called soul-centering, which is connecting with the love and the truth in your heart and soul. And that changed everything for me. When I connected in there, my perception of myself just went completely changed and everything just started to make sense. Then I, we start, we could follow our guidance and that's where our lives were completely transformed by it. We were so gift uh, fortunate. I said, I guess I would say blessed by the experience that um, it led us to become healers and to, have this mission of creating a more loving world. And it, it's it been so much more than we ever would have imagined. It's just been amazing. And it's still, it's still going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I think our focus is on understanding that all of us who are here to help to 
create change, to create what we call the Great Awakening. Now, <laughs> we've been waiting for the Awakenings Institute for many years for the Great Awakening. It feels like we're here, and, and we need to understand also, each of us, that we're masters in the making, that we have connections in the higher realms that are to higher aspects of ourselves, to all the way up to we're ascended masters, that we can bring all of that energy down into our reality here. And that's how we're, I believe, that's how we're going to really transform things mm -hmm. through ourselves, through who we become. Yeah. And, and today the world is much more open and available. Just the fact that we can talk to you, you're in Australia, <laughs> we're in the California, United States. That's pretty amazing. When we were doing this at the beginning, as maybe you were and a lot of people listening, there was no internet. You know, you couldn't, you'd have to travel to meet different people. And, and the idea of uh, talking about the soul was pretty far out, although it's in traditions and ancient traditions and so forth and religions. Talking about it as a mainstream practical thing in psychology and just uh, everyday people is a little, was pretty far out. But now it's becoming much more uh, familiar, which is great. And 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 being uh, not of in not of the world, in the world, but not of the world, not being quote an earthly, a grounded person who believes in in the facade. I remember just a little quick story since it flashed in when I went from elementary school to junior high, and I don't know it's, if it's that way in your background. Uh, elementary school was one group of people and then different elementary schools would go to a bigger school kind of like going to a university where you're there's all these different influences and even though i was only 13 suddenly i realized everyone was in these little tribal cliques i.e adolescence now that's part of adolescence but there's sort of a was a deeper thing going on with me like i felt very alienated like this must they can't really believe that everyone is artificial and dividing and they're not really believing this, are they? I sometimes <laughs> still, even today, decades later, still say they don't really believe this, do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do believe <laughs> that there's an absolute monarchy and that if someone says something, it's the absolute truth and you have to follow them or you're going to hell and so forth. Well, exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you guys have touched on something I was thinking about this morning as I was tuning back into the, you know, the whole... Um, thing that's happening in the UK, all the pomp and ceremony, because I it's mesmerizing. Can't stop watching it. But as I was watching it again this morning, it's so divisive. It, it, you know, it's so it's them and us. It's the royals right. and they deserve all this luxury and ceremony and you know, like it's just been going on and on and on uh, and on. That's how it feels here. <laughs> but we don't deserve it. Like the the normal people don't deserve it. And and what you were saying about the guru, it's the same thing. It's like in order to know anything or to get to God or you have to go through me or us right. or my institute, right. it doesn't give power back to the people. It's like right. you have the majesty within you. We are right. all kings and queens. We are all sovereign. We're all masters, right? <laughs> we are all masters, yeah. And so, yeah, I wonder, I wonder, how is that going to change? You know, what is it going right. to take to change that inequality in the world? Yeah. And I think, well, one thing I think, and we're looking at what's happening in, in uh, England from the United States from a somewhat different view. We have obviously a lot of problems here <laughs> right now too. Um, but something that I think is 
is very interesting hearing the like Charles and hearing them speak about Elizabeth that they're speaking about a life of service we you know we're like these servants and they're living like you mentioned they're living in these castles and <laughs> like right <laughs> I'd like to be that kind of servant <laughs> and I think I I think that it they recognize that from a public per perspective, they are not actually the leaders of the country. So they have to have some kind of a way of reframing themselves from where they were generations ago. Um, but I just find that interesting. Yeah, they speak about- I feel, like, I feel like we're living a life of service. Well, exactly. But it also is a life where, for all of us, and I think you, that's something I noticed with your work too, is that- mm -hmm. It's it's magnificent. That, that's the best possible life to live the life that a life really of service feels yeah. right in your heart. They talk about a life of service as if a life of service is such an unusual thing. <laughs> everybody else is selfishly focused, like I'm just in it for me. So if somebody lives a life of service, then we bow down and we say homage to <laughs> lives a life of service. It's like, hello, we all should be living a life of service. And that comes down to the principle of oneness, because as I serve you, I serve me. And as you serve me, I serve you. And and that's really what the institutions of our world uphold is the separation between you and the God within you or you and your divine source or you and the monarchy or you and the leader. You know, there is this great divide. Right. So, so Philip, we didn't get to your story. What, what made you start thinking about spiritual things? I know that you said that you went to the guru, but what happened before? to make you go to a guru? Well, going there from maybe from the junior high story, just to take it quickly forward, I was thinking I, I wanted to somehow make an impact or share or help the world. I went to film school. You say film school in early in my 20s. I said, maybe I'll be a film writer or director. And I did a little student film, which you aired in front of all your peers. And it was a it was a terrible film. It was like an awful, <laughs> just completely. And, you know, I didn't quite, you know, when you do something, you don't realize there's a problem until you sort of see the light. Unfortunately, everyone was seeing it with me. It's kind of like doing the belly flop. <laughs> and from there, that after going through a little bit of a tailspin depression, I started doing a spiritual like, hey, I need to really kind of find out what's going on in a deeper level with myself and the world. And I. I explored different things, and finally, I, I joined a Gurdjieff Ospensky group, the one that Jane was referring to earlier, a spiritual organization. That's where I met her, uh, and from there, we had some of those same realizations, like the, the old pattern, the chosen one. It could be a religion, a cult. The leader knows it all. You follow per that person, and then you're saved, and we realized, again, like that even beginning it, I mean, I knew that wasn't true or real. And again, I said, everyone doesn't believe this. <laughs> and yeah, well, and a lot of people said, well, we just kind of go along with it or people did. And then we wanted to find the truth for ourselves. And we had that, uh, as we mentioned, there's some healers that taught us to soul center. We realized part of the journey was healing, which of course is self-healing. I was an educator, school teacher, eventually taught emotionally disturbed boys a job that uh, teenagers, a job that no one envied me for. But I think that was part of my own healing, my own woundedness. And that healing is a big part of awakening that 
the spiritual, a lot of spiritual, holistic minded people, some of them don't realize that. So there, that there is that imbalance we can have when we call it a spiritual earthly imbalance, uh, where you're kind of looking out there for all these wonderful things, which are wonderful and and galactic travels and and like you do. And I, th I think it's great and we love doing it. But if you don't get grounded, if you don't heal like your part that feels shameful and worried and worried what people think and rejected because you might get punished again like you were in your last lifetime or killed and so forth. If you don't clear that stuff, i.e. karma, uh, you, you can only go so far. So that's been the journey, like this this awakening, which spiritual healing has been part of it. And we, Jane and I have developed a lot of healing modalities in the process, and we're sort of a team of life uh, task partners is the Michael teachings, the channel teachings you may know about. They describe it as such and have a soul mission together here. Yeah, well, it's beautiful to see the two of you working together. Do you know Michael Tamora and Raphael Tamora, their soul mission? I think Michael had said, everyone says, oh, it's lovely to see you two in a relationship, but they never ask about what our relationship is about. You know, it's about coming together as two is, you know, can serve more than the one, really. It's really about mm -hmm. having that team. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. the, the same with you two. Uh, you can help each other, help others. Right. To, to do what we've done over the years, all these books and trainings and innovations, uh, it would have been very hard, if, if possible, to do it alone, especially starting pre-internet and so forth with all the resistance and uh, the lack of consciousness. So to have each other as a team, I think, was sort of necessary to get through the ups and downs of it all. Yeah. Well, as you've seen from many of my show, we get very galactic. I'm not sure if you yes. two, uh, you know, speak to higher consciousness beings from other dimensions, but you do have the angelic team on board. When mm -hmm. did they present themselves to you and <laughs> how did that happen? Well, we've actually connected with angels and, and other beings and and uh, beings from other planets like Syrians and et cetera. Uh, for decades, but there was another big awakening <laughs> period um, that I had actually. Uh, I it, I think it was around 2006. I I had a a process. I was doing a process with Philip, trying to find the source of something, and it took me to the fall of Atlantis, where I was a leader in a temple, and um, and everything was exploding like the there were like fissures. So it wasn't like there's a volcano somewhere exploding. It was like everywhere. And the thing that was horrifying to me was the smell of burning flesh. And it was the people who I was guiding in this temple. And it was just, it was terrifying. Anyhow, um, so I spent years and years and years and years trying to clear it. And I just couldn't clear it. And I, I think that you were talking about multidimensionality. I think it's because we clear in different dimensions as we grow and we're able to access different dimensions as we grow. And the thing that finally happened was I, I had an angelic Reiki session with a person who was a good friend of mine and I wasn't even aiming to clear it, but when it was done, it was gone. And it was like, that was kind of a final step in something I think for me. Um, but then at the same time, in that moment, Archangel Metatron came to me and told me he wanted to work with me. And that was where, for me, it really started changing things. I 
focused on developing a stronger relationship with the archangels. And we also started going into the Akashic records and that really takes you like <laughs> into very unusual places. Um, and it, that's like all of it. It's all just this miraculous journey to me. The angels, the support that they can offer is so profound. I've never, never felt love in this in the way that I have most recently. And and that's why I, I I don't know if there's any end to all of this for us because it just keeps going deeper and deeper. And mm. through that I was connected with the Council of Light and there's a lot that's going on. And that's where also um I was presented with who I am as a master. It started coming back to, and that's a story. I can tell you the story if you want. I'm not sure if that's interesting to you. You want want that? Yes. Well, in the 90s, um, and this was early in the 90s when Philip and I, we were working with the spiritual teachers and I had a huge block to expressing myself. I was extremely shy. And, and I thought, I just need to deal with this. So so I, they took me into a process and the moment I closed my eyes, I was being burned at the stake. And fortunately it was, it was kind of an interesting process because I went through it. I could feel my body being burned and then I could feel my soul rising out of my body. And it kind of replayed itself just automatically a few times until the, the um, intensity of it was gone. So that one actually went pretty well <laughs> from that perspective. But after that, when I connected with my guidance and this kept happening, I would ask, well, what, who was I? Where, where did this happen? And they said, well, it was in France and you were Joan of Arc. And so, and I, I just always thought, well, you know, <laughs> I just, it was a hard thing for me to even address and I thought it doesn't matter. I just will go with it and, you know, just let it go. And so when all of this started happening with Metatron after the Atlantis thing, and I started going to into the Akashic records, I went in different dimensions, which I perceived as six, eight, and 10. And the mastery, and I know people have different perceptions of dimensions, which is fine. That our, our recognition of ourselves as masters is, to me in the 10th dimension. So in the process, then I was asking another area that was, well, I always felt very close to Jesus. And when I was a little girl, I knew if I wanted the answer to something, I would always ask, well, what would Jesus do? And so so I decided, well, I went, I went into the Akashic Records and I asked, okay, so why is it that I have this connection with Jesus? And, and uh, the there are record keepers and beings in there and the way that i receive is through orbs of light and so they present me with an orb of light and i just uh, i accept it energetically and i was mary magdalene and i thought well <laughs> that's interesting and and so and i things were happening in the akashic records very interesting things and one thing that I heard, I just happened to hear from a woman who was an intuitive. She said, well, if you ever wonder about the truth of something, ask, ask them how you can verify it. And so I asked, well, how am I going to verify this? <laughs> you know, just thinking this is never going to happen. And they said, well, just look on the internet. 
So, so I, I finished the process and I went to the internet and I looked up Mary Magdalene. And one of the first things I saw was that Mary Magdalene was a past life of Joan of Arc. And I thought, mm, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so then that wasn't all of it. And I kept going with it and, and wondering about, I actually, this one, I don't think I was even asking. A lot of times I'll just go and I'll ask them, well, what is it? that is here for me today what is you know what would you like me to know or do or whatever and so then they told me that in atlantis i was lady nada and um and so i said oh okay so how am i going to verify this one and they said well look on the internet <laughs> so i got off and i went on the internet and looked up lady nada and the first thing that i saw almost was Larry, Lady Nada was a past life of Mary Magdalene. And it goes on from there. Um, I've had other connections that I've made. But I feel, with all of it, I feel like I'm here as a messenger. And Lady Nada, her energy is so much that I, I don't know how familiar you are with her, but it's really about, it's about love and it's about passing that to other people it's not about in any way um trying to make yourself you know self it's not about being self-aggrandizement i guess is the word mm -hmm. um and i realized that my most recent calling is to help people to find the master within themselves so that's what we have been focusing on most recently and it has been pretty amazing yep i hear you what would you say to people that have also claimed to be Joan of Arc, Mary Magdalene, Lady Nada? What would you say, like, how can she be that when I've heard that person say that they are? And I've heard, you know. <laughs> well, what the way I perceive it is we come down from source and in right. and the soul exists in different dimensions. So we come down, say we come down into the 10th dimension and there's a master there well it may be that there are that the energy that comes through that becomes us that there are actually thousands of us who have that same affiliation so it, it comes down there and then it divides out into the oversoul so maybe there are a hundred oversouls that come out of lady nada and mary magdalene is one and there are others i and i haven't explored who all they might be but <laughs> And then the oversoul is a collective of consciousness. So who knows how many, and I don't know the numbers. <laughs> I don't claim to. Mm -hmm. More souls are actually part of the collective that's Mary Magdalene. So by the time you get down into us as a soul, because our souls even can be in parallel lives at the same time too, there may be multiples of that. <laughs> there are right. probably thousands of Lady Nadas out there. So a lot of people actually were Cleopatra, <laughs> as it turns out. And it, you know, it it is like I said, it's not, it's not about anything that's unusual. It's just mm -hmm. understanding. It's like understanding your heritage, except in a more cosmic way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not. Heritage. It's about actually. It's about I am magnificent, and so is Philip, and so are you, and so is everybody. Right. And it is about us having the opportunity to really recognize what that means in terms of what we can bring 
into our reality here now. Exactly. It, it, it's recognizing that these people that we revere and put up or there on pedestals, we're just here with a job, with a mission. And a bit like going back to the guru, you know, the guru just means teacher, right? And we go to school and we right. have lots of teachers. Right. Like, but we don't put the maths teacher or geography teacher or, you know, up on the pedestal and say, everything that comes out of your mouth is the truth. And I have to, in order to find that information, I have to only speak to you. It just means you're here to impart some information, which yes. I can right. accept it's or not. not. It's not exclusive or proprietary. Mm -hmm. Something that's helped me, uh, Karen, is is that a lot of these profound truths of understanding who we're who we are and what we're doing here in a bigger way is, is very paradoxical. So things that are sort of seemingly contradictory are really both true. You know, how can you be Lady Nada and other people can be Lady Nada? I have this lineage, a universal soul avatar. It seems to go up to the laughing Buddha. You know, how many people are connected with that you have i'm sure your own universal source and it just it disperses out it's a kind of a diaspora where all these different energies are going on at the same time and that being said there is a lot of stuff that is sort of fantasy and imagination and just uh things that and, and that's that spiritual earthly balance where you're not grounded you can get pretty far out there and things that don't really make sense and like following the guru off the cliff, so to speak. <laughs> and I think it, it really is. Are you are you looking at something like that, like being Mary Magdalene or whatever it is, as a way to make yourself look bigger to other people? Or is it a way to understand yourself more? I mean, where does our value, our sense of who we are come from? And I, that was one of the things I thought was very so true about the way I understood what you were saying about like we have a primary um I can't remember what you call the thought or a, a misunderstanding which is that in some way we're limited that there's something something is wrong with us when um and when as long as we believe that and I think it is that is a part of our growth right now that we most of us have a story it's something like that like I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy, I'm flawed, I'm, you know, whatever it is. And because of that, nothing good is going to come to me. <laughs> we can turn it around and understand I'm magnificent. But in our hearts, we also know that every, it's not, it, there's, it's not, it's not about making ourselves bigger. It's about just understanding. Understanding ourselves. Yeah. Uh, what I call it is the um, foundational thought. Right. Or I think yeah. conversation with God called it the sponsoring thought. Right. And um, I've um, become aware that the foundational thought of every other stressful thought, every other limiting thought is the thought in separation. Mm -hmm. The thought right. that, that I am separate to God, basically, mm -hmm. or separate to love yeah. or separate to my power. Right. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, the yeah, on top of that foundational thought, there is I'm unworthy, I'm not enough, I'll never have what I want, right. I, 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 you know, but there is this sort of concrete foundation that it sits on and you pull that and all the rest tumble, really. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. right. But, but um, yeah, talking about, yeah, if people, yeah, I know what you mean because I discovered, um, you know, I had a couple of past life regressions and found myself back in the during the crucifixion, which perplexed me for years because I didn't, I wasn't religious and I wasn't brought up in religion and I didn't kind of 
believe I thought people that spoke about Jesus were God botherers and there I was in the crucifixion I'm like who the hell, <laughs> who the hell was I <laughs> turns out that I was someone that was like in the inner circle and uh, I've never actually said it publicly on the show, but I've met others who have said that they were the same person. I had someone on the show recently, and it is fascinating to meet somebody that who was you in a past life, you know. And um, so I sort of listened to him with a different perspective, thinking hmm, we used to be the same person in in a past life, mm-hmm. and right. it's really fascinating. It's it's really fascinating. But I think I first came across this concept of you know that 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 the soul is so multi-dimensional that that a thousand people could have been one person in a past life right when esther and jerry hicks were abraham had said to esther and jerry and i think it was esther's daughter or their daughter that the three of them was this particular politician in a past life because they all proclaimed oh that was me me." (laughs) and they're all arguing about who no that wasn't you that was me and abraham channeled through and said well Actually, all of you was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's wonderful. It's nice having that connection. <laughs> right. It goes beyond our linear mind. Right. It does. Mm-hmm. We can't. And since it's not out there in the mass consensus or accepted on CNN, at least right. here, uh, then it must not be true. And, you know, some things are crazy and just conspiracy theories and figments of people's imagination. But there's so many things which are true. Hard to maybe have evidence, but it may be a deep inner knowing verified by kind of your your mind, your left brain. Like, yeah, that actually does make sense of being different people if you kind of put it into a, a soulful place, like exactly. a higher mind understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world of, there's much more between heaven and earth than is dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio, Shakespeare. Exactly, exactly. And I think that people are under the <clears throat> misconception too that if they find that other aspect of their soul or other part of their soul or their group soul that there is this twin fame soulmate love affair and it could actually be the enemy or the one that hurts you the most like you've been the same person in a past life you could meet another aspect of you and and a great lesson is taught through the the drama that you're playing out in a particular lifetime yeah but we Mm -hmm. can get romantic about it if we want to so did you guys discover that you have been the same person in some lifetime you're obviously no, it from this. It doesn't seem to be the case with us from everything that we know it. Um, but I think we have a lot of things in common in terms of origin. Earthly. More, more actually, elsewhere. more in terms of like starseed origins and those kinds of things. Yeah. And that's well, another area that um, when we started teaching people to go into their Akashic records, and we do it differently than a lot of people because everything that we do is oriented towards helping people to empower themselves rather than us telling them about themselves. (laughs) And so going into the Akashic records, we mentioned, uh, started talking about starseed origins. And then all of a sudden people started finding, discovering, going and discovering their starseed origins, which I thought was so wonderful. And they're, and it's another area that is so uniquely magnificent and just incredible that the synchronicities and things that lead people to this stuff is just, to me, amazing. Yeah, well, that's something that's really, you know, turning me on, like learning about people's starseed origins. Um, I was thinking for a long time more about 
you know, awakening spiritually to our spiritual aspect. And then a few years back, I started getting obsessed with like the galactic story. And um, that's the thing that sort of lights me up the most. And I asked my guides, like, why am I so obsessed with the galactic story? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? And uh, and, the, and the, the information that I've got is because, you know, we're going to join our cosmic family and, um, and that many right. of the teachers that we perceive as angels and ascended masters and you know we've given we've given labels to are indeed these higher civilizational beings that are connecting to planet earth that are teaching us about a another way to live in a human form in a physical form or in a dimensional form um, mm -hmm. another, another way to live so um, you said that you have some Syrian connections do you want to talk more about your your galactic connections <laughs> Uh, we were introduced, I forget how many years ago, a lady, Susan Taylor Shire, she wrote a book, Soul Mastery. I don't know if you've encountered her. And I talked about the different races, the different uh, origins. And when, when we read that, like it was a big light went on because it, it's kind of like when you are of a of a sort of a starseed, uh, non-earthling, different names for it, you wonder why things are so different. It's it's almost in 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 a way like uh, like I said in the junior high like why is everyone so into these tribes in this very narrow minded separate you know limited way when they don't have to be it, it feels like the emperor's new clothes but uh, this idea of, with the Syrian motto that she said which made sense to us there must be a better way there must be a better way and that really could be an embodiment or a model for us too, because we're always innovative and looking for a better way and helping people, as Jane was saying, find the truth about themselves. We never wanted to be people's guru. We'd rather uh, teach a person how to fish than give them a fish. And nothing against really great psychics and great gurus and teachers. And, and uh, we study people like that too, but we felt that was always our mission. And when we teach and train and do individual sessions, it's so you come out more embodied in your soul and your life plan and to help other people rather than, wow, Philip and Jane, they were great. They were brilliant. I love them. You should go, you know, it, we don't try to uh, promote that at all. We want to promote people's individual beauty and wonder and gifts. And that's probably pretty Syrian too, come to think of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's really the galactic message, isn't it? It's that yeah. empower, it's that self empowerment message because of everyone I've spoken to on the show, when you that have has interacted with higher civilized beings, they understand what you said right at the beginning. They understand that they are masters, that each one is a master in their own right, and um, yeah, it's their understanding exactly. Yeah, a nice way I've heard it described is that some people, if they have a more earthly origin, I mean. I'm just their whole not only lineage their whole galactic or they started on the earth and their family then that's sort of what they know it's sort of like being from a small town that's all i've ever known we always do it this way but if you come from other universes and you you're this cosmopolitan visitor to use sort of an analogy then that seems very small i mean it's fine it's wonderful it's endearing but uh it's it's sort of limited in a way in terms of the possibilities of what you might experience uh, and so it's good to be compassionate and understanding, but it's kind of seems confining too, but it, it does help you help me understand things. Have you connected to any of your lives on in other dimensions or on other planets? Have you uh, seen any of those? Either of I've you? seen some, I, I haven't, that hasn't been my primary focus really, but I have seen some. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's interesting to recognize that even beyond what we're talking about, that we're, we can go all the way up to recognizing ourselves as masters here, um, there's even so much more <laughs> even beyond that. And I again, I, I, I just feel the story, I think, of the connectedness that people feel with that is, to me, what fascinates me most. Like, they, they recognize, well, gee, you know, I'm... <laughs> And this thing, um, and and it helps. I think it really helps us understand ourselves in a much deeper way. And I Absolutely. think it will help the greater awakening that's needed now too to bring more light on the planet. Because this time, there's been the doomsdayers and end times biblically and stuff for so many times throughout history. And of course, it seems like the world has destroyed itself in Atlantis and maybe before. So there actually were <laughs> doomsd plays that came out but this time i think the thing that's very serious as you're well aware of it karen is that the climate change and the ecological crisis which compounds all these it's sometimes called the meta crisis all these global crises and crisis of spirituality and eco ecology and all these divisions culturally and geographically they're all sort of rising to the surface so i think there is something there does seem to be the clock ticking i mean i don't think it's just like when we were in 2000 and the world was going to end and California was going to end up in the ocean, as our guru told us, and then it doesn't. And you go, well, I guess I was wrong. And <laughs> go on, you know, but there is something, I think there is a lot of evidence that we are all aware of to, to pay attention that creates a certain urgency while we're here, you know, and there is an option whether we will survive. Uh, it's a choice, but the more we can awaken and communicate with each other in these wonderful shows that you have, accentuating the positive that's one of the greatest things uh sharing the love and heart solutions for the world that's the best thing we figure we can do yeah exactly yeah it's interesting how different spiritual um systems of thought and practices and gurus and teachers have spoken about the doomsday you know the end of the world and it's still a, a big topic of conversation throughout podcast shows the soul of flash the coronal mass ejection the you know like the destruction of the world and i've had many people on the show that 50 60 years ago was shown by the angels or et the destruction of the world i was involved in a group of people who reinvented themselves they were called raj yogi when i was really young open-eyed meditation i was you know i didn't know anything back in those days i was like wide-eyed and like soaking it all in but there was one <laughs> they had the doomsday story too and it was going to happen oh this is like going back over 35 years ago it was going to happen in that very near future like within that year and so wow. they were all having a conversation about you know when the world ends and they ascend to the new earth where are they going to put their crystals and their diamonds in their house like that was this, the conversation and mm. I was sitting there thinking no this is not making sense oh. <laughs> And I left that group and the date came and went and the and the earth right. didn't end. And then, of course, their whole religion, their whole spiritual principle was based on this end of the world story. And then they reinvented themselves and they still continue today. They just call themselves mm -hmm. something different. Right. Yeah. They still do the open-eyed meditation. They still have the philosophy. But what do you think, uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen in our future? Do you think that you're going to see mass destruction before you leave the planet? Or do you think we're going to ascend to a new earth? Like, what do you think the story is? 
I go with the send to a new earth theory. <laughs> well, we'd certainly like to. I think there are different possibilities. That's the way I say, I mean, there are different options. We could go, it could go hell in a handbasket. It could go to a new earth. Hopefully it's the new earth because uh, there's a lot of seeds there. A lot of, we can see a lot of uh, things happening that are very wonderful. And I think even the monarchy, I can see that leading and breaking down some of those old structures and that old ways of being. And uh, the new way, of course, is love and unity and, and uh, uh, ending a lot of these false divisions and rivalries and divisions. And as I said, I think the existential climate crisis, that might ultimately help us. It's like they had the Ruse Roe v. Wade uh, women's right here in the United States before people kind of woke up and say, hey, you know, we have to really pay attention. and We can't just sort of sit back and say everything's okay. So sometimes it takes a crisis to wake people up there's that saying by Churchill, like the 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 Americans will do the right thing after they tried everything else. <laughs> you may have heard that. And it's sort of like that in humanity, especially with Earthling, like after everything doesn't work and, hey, we might destroy ourselves. Maybe we should do the right thing. Maybe we should love each other and try to get along, you know. So I'm hoping the new Earth will emerge sooner or later. Hopefully yeah. sooner. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. I know. I know. Like years ago, I was running a, th um, you know, a, a group called the Academy of Light, where we had a teacher each Monday, meditation teacher, and a gathering, and we used to talk about the ascension and all this stuff. And I used to look out into the world, and I think nothing's changing in the world. Like all this stuff that we talk about, mm -hmm. but nothing's changing in the world. As I say, that was about twenty-five years ago, but you can't say that today. I mean, stuff is changing. There's a lot of change. Mm -hmm. Right. There's and uh, over the last couple of years, the crisis that we've been through, as you talk about, Philip, has been a mass awakening. Like, uh, people aren't always waking up spiritually enlightened, but they're definitely asking questions about the meaning of uh, control and leadership, you know. And uh, maybe I shouldn't believe everything that I see on the five o'clock news or the six o'clock news or whatever coming from mm -hmm. the mass media. So, there has been this mass awakening. Yeah. And I what I see it in people who when when the pandemic came had to move back from their work or work at home or something. Now people are insisting more, well, I wanna I wanna live my life this way rather than mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. And I think it is really about taking command of, of the way that our lives happen. Mm -hmm. We have since we um we first really felt that we wanted to have our own guidance and, and all of that. We also wanted to have our own lives and we were able to work our way out of working. <laughs> what we call working, what we do now, we I wouldn't really even call it work. It's so wonderful. Um, and we haven't had to go back since. And yeah. I think that we all have, we're all here as creators. Yeah. And when we wake up to it and and just allow, also allow it to flow. Mm-hmm. To yeah. allow ourselves to flow into that different way of being in the world. Um, it it is here for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that idea of following your heart, which is something that we've done for decades pre since pre-internet. Now that was very radical. And one of our first books was called Getting Through to Your Soul, subtitled The Four Keys to Living Your Divine Purpose. Now, today, especially here, that seems like, yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> living your divine purpose in two, 20 some odd years ago was a very like, now what in the world are they talking about? Although it is in ancient traditions and Dharma and such. 
but now it's becoming much more uh, available. The idea of following your heart, it's still a leap of faith and people are still resisting. Could it actually work? But we are living proof and probably you are too. And many mm -hmm. of the people that it actually does work mm -hmm. if you do it in a grounded way and healing those wounds. So you're not in some kind of ungrounded, imbalanced way or following your guru uh, off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> following your guru. Oh, look, I just keep referring to the conversation I had last night. I had a client that has gone through this immense Kundalini awakening and she's had some intense experiences over a period of about a year, really eight months. And, um, and some frightening as she opened her crown chakra and, her, you know, and just was receiving uh, so much information coming through and, and her parents, she comes from a very conservative family, thinks that she's had a psychotic episode right. mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she's back at home now because she's young. And uh, I wanted to speak to the parents and try to get through to them, tell them in some sort of lay language that they could understand um, I think I chipped away at a very hard brick wall, but basically they're um, they just like, no, she has to re revert back to who she was before, you know, follow my understanding of what it is to be successful, do what I want. And, yeah, it's, it was really interesting for them to try and understand what she's been through because a spiritual awakening is not in their understanding at all. It was called a no. psychotic episode, but she did mm -hmm. do what looked like some crazy things and she did them publicly on a podcast and talked about lots of things that she went through. And right. to most people, she just looked completely psychotic, but um, right. but it was her reality at the time, Yeah. What would you say to those parents if you were to speak to those parents? <laughs> like people's families, you know, that don't understand people having these spiritual awakenings and um, they don't see that anything that she's been through will be involved in her being a success in this lifetime, whereas mm. I do. You know what I mean? Like that she has a mission to be a teacher and that mm. was just part of her educational process in understanding, you know, what it is to be too open and all over the place and not, you know, focus your thoughts. Uh, yeah. What would you say to people that are going through that experience that their family and parents don't understand what they're going through as they connect to? The <laughs> well, yeah, to me, it is one of those challenges. Our challenges are opportunities for growth. And I think I, I would focus I, the way we focus it with the people we work with is more with the person who's awakening than the people who haven't woken up because they may never understand you. It's just, it's just a fact. My parents, they actually disowned me. They wrote me out of their will. Um, I remember one time telling my father, I, he asked me, what are you doing today? And I told him we were going to be teaching some kind of a spiritual course. And, and he was just blunt. He'd, that's the most horrible or that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. You know, just like, <laughs> boom, you know, well, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks for the support, Dad. And and what actually the thing that turned it around with my parents was, or my father, and they, they're both dead now, but um, one time he did that to me and I said, you know, that's not a very nice thing to say. And it's the thing about power, if, if you meet power with power, it is helpful. It doesn't help to just go into the trenches with people, in my opinion, to go down into the mud. It's like you're wallowing around in a place where there are no opportunities together. Um, after that, after that phone call, 
I didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks and I called him back and he was like a little, little pussycat. It was like, oh, I thought you were mad at me. You know, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> I finally stood up for myself. And I feel that in a very loving way, we have to just say, this is the way it is. And this is mm -hmm. who I am. And this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Right. So was the question then, Karen, uh, uh, what would you say to the parents of the woman who's going through the, the spiritual transformation? What would you say? You mean, well, one thought I had is you could have just asked if you're in a neutral enough place to talk to the person, which is the first part to see where you're coming from. I mean, if I were all agitated, that wouldn't be good. But if I were calm, if I was in a more soulful place, which I'd want to be, it's just what is what are you concerned about? You know, and it, they might be concerned that she's going to be destructive or she's going to be a failure, you know, or something. And just address that and say and acknowledge, OK, those I can understand that. Um, and then just explain that this is something important to me to pursue and explore. And I know you don't understand it, but I'd appreciate you know, your support in any way you can. And I'm, I did hear your concerns. Well, Philip, that's exactly what I said to them. <laughs> you read my mind. Let me live my life. You know, It was such an interesting session and it's still with me because I did it late last night because she's in the UK uh, and it's morning here now. And so it's still with me. And because um, I was speaking to brick walls, they came to the session with this stuff, like everything I speak about, psychic ability, everything, it's all crazy, psychotic, yeah. stupid, you know, like they, I was speaking to a closed mind, which is not normally right. who I speak to. <laughs> so it was a challenge for me. And, yeah. um, but then I'm just the, 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 the therapist, you know, like this woman, this young girl is living with these closed minds, like many people who are right. awakening are living with these closed minds. And, and, and just like you say, Jane, they might never understand, but they might never understand. But I, I feel like it, they, they will, they have an opportunity to awaken themselves to at least creak open the door a little bit, you know, like, cause mm -hmm. we are in these changing times and, um, and they're in the UK and, 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 and their country is going through this big change. And uh, yeah, there is this opportunity to just open the mind a little bit and uh, right. Yeah, right. And, and as I look down the timeline, I saw, that there will be a time when they go to her for advice, you know, whereas at the moment they're like, we're rescuing you, we're saving you, right. we're supporting you, we're giving you money. And in order for us to do that, you have to do as we say. And you've got to stop right. all this stuff, right? You've got to stop mm -hmm. all this stuff and get mm -hmm. a real job. And, you know, and when I asked them, Philip, about what are you concerned, it's like I'm concerned that she's she's going to miss her opportunities. And I said, what were those opportunities? Oh, you know, to get married and make money. Right. <laughs> right. Right. All the traditional earthly, earthly activities. Right. Exactly. So I can have grandchildren. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But a, a question which may be already asked your your client is, you know, what are you learning from your parents and going through this, you know, challenging oh, situation? All those questions were asked. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure yeah. We're on the same yeah. page. Yeah. And it's that's just... where the healing every one of us is traumatized. There's eight billion traumatized people walking around the earth. And right. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the journey. That's part of the soul awakening. That is, it is. But, you know, this is a conversation I have a lot with starseeds who awaken to their multidimensional uh understanding and and the rest of 
the rest of their world does not understand them, their friends, their family, their co-workers. It's like, now you're crazy. You were okay mm-hmm. yesterday and now yeah. you're crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a conversation. So you've got to find your tribe. It's interesting in the States. I have a lot of people that reach out to me from the States and they all say the same thing. I've got no one around me that understands this stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, we have uh, our we have some trainings like in small groups of people for a year, 20 people or so. And it's just such a loving community where everyone understands each other and can heal these traumas and make sense of things over time. Um, But otherwise, it's like I can't really talk to anyone about this stuff. (laughs) Well, I think we have to find our, our spiritual family. It may be where we can't expect that kind of sense of family possibly from our birth family right yeah um although there was one other thing that i would suggest to people and and actually that i do with people sometimes is have them have a spiritual plane communication with their loved one like a a soul to soul spiritual plane communication oh yes yes just telepathic yeah 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 yeah. i've done that too yep absolutely it does change sometimes it it does does change relationships absolutely Mm -hmm. Absolutely. i think that's a very uh practical and valuable tool to have Mm -hmm. that you can always and and it it is that desire to be able to express yourself Mm -hmm. if it can't be done on the physical plane or it's not working on the physical plane you can communicate it from a different plane exactly exactly yeah that's that's a brilliant thing to do so what we're talking about is going in psychically and um asking to communicate with the right. um, personality or the higher self of the with their soul, right. loved one that is not right. um, receiving right. a communication from a physical mm-hmm. and having right. that conversation with your mm-hmm. in, inside I, yourself. I, I have a it. sister I'm estranged from for many years now, and I've okay. had that conversation and I feel on the soul level, we're, we're, we're fine on a you know, personality or a incarn- physical incarnation. It makes no sense for me to, at this point, be with her. <laughs> Because he has she, tried the conversation. She hasn't changed, <laughs> you know, if she hasn't changed in personality-wise, and it's still very judgmental and, and not pleasant to be around, why would I want to be around her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's even interesting. On a deeper from, level, she understands things. From that soul perspective, we love we love the characters that we play on this light. Because a friend of mine just died, and uh, before he died, he, you know, he said to me, I don't believe in all that spirit guide stuff that you go on about, you know, like he didn't believe in all that <laughs> My sister calls it soul bullshit. <laughs> and since he's died, he's come to me and he's a master teacher and he's been teaching me stuff. And I'm like, it's so funny. And when I ask him about the perspective that he had when he was alive, like not wanting to see me or talk to me for this year, like I spoke to him at the end of the year, because he didn't want me to offer any of my spiritual understanding because he didn't believe in it. He said, yeah, wasn't I a great character? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, keep your spiritual business to yourself, please. But he just loves another thing. You can talk with them. Oh, go ahead. Well, it's just that the love that he had for who he was as that closed-minded person, he just, you know, he loved that character. Like your sister would say the same to you, like, I didn't speak to you, but, you know, like, wasn't she stubborn? You know, like, it's kind of like a character in a play. Yeah, yeah. And it's all all part of the plan, really. It's all part of the plan. Can be. Can be Mm -hmm. all part of the plan. Yeah. 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 So what, what were you going to say? I think it was James. Um, just to, an extension of really of what you were saying, just validating what you were saying, that you can also communicate with them after they're gone. 
and you can say the things because people oftentimes seem to feel like, well, gee, I wish I'd been able to say this or that to them. Right. Well, you can't. And actually, you might be much more successful, like you were saying, you might actually be able to speak with someone who has a response that makes more sense. That's exactly right. I know this, this finite finality of death, you know, like, you've got to get everything you're ever going to say before, you know, you've got to get there before they die to speak to them. And yeah, there's just this continuation of life. Because he wouldn't let me come and see him. He just he just left it to the little inner circle and I felt quite close to him and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not part of your inner circle. That's fine. Cause I, really, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't part of, cause he's a musician and I wasn't part of his inner circle. And I thought it was sad that I was never going to see him physically alive again. And the guides kept giving me that. Don't worry. You'll be with him. You'll be with him. You know, they kept giving me that peace. And mm-hmm. when he did transition and he was so, and he is, is so present with me. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, you know, there is this continuation of the relationship in a more intimate way, really, in a more understanding, more intimate way, because he's, yeah, he's got this broader perspective now, so we can have great chats. And as I say, he's teaching me now. <laughs> it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Okay, so what do what what message would you like to leave with people before we go? What do you think the m- most important thing people listening to this is that they understand for me it is if you're concerned because you feel that you don't matter and you can't make a difference uh love is the solution and if you can just bring more love into your life it's going to benefit you greatly and it's going to help the world too so it's not it's not that hard (laughs) and if you move in that direction towards toward love and towards your heart then it's it's good for it's good actually it's good for your physical body it's good for your spirit it's and it's going to take you in the direction you want to go and you're anchoring more love into the planet so mm-hmm. all of us have the opportunity to make a difference i would say in closing uh karen uh when you're up it's easy but remember to share your gifts and use your gifts to the fullest and be grateful and when you're down which will happen too uh, just take a step, uh, take a breath, know that it's temporary also. It will pass. You'll learn. You'll grow from it. You'll get through it. Be patient. Uh, and uh, you can still go on your journey and, and be live a fulfilled life. Beautiful. Perfect. It's been such a blessing and an honor, really, to meet the two of you today. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing a little bit of yourselves. <laughs> Thanks for having thank us here. Yeah. Yes, thank you. How wonderful to meet Philip and Jane. I loved them. Yeah, master teachers, master souls on this planet. It was a real surprise, actually, because, you know, people email me all the time and want to be on the show and Yeah, it was a real surprise. I'll look at that in the background. You'll see my crystal ball coming through the coming through the screensaver. Isn't that funny? It's sort of making its own self known in the background. Can you see that in the corner on the bottom corner there? That's a pink crystal ball I've got sitting next to me. That's that's wanting to be on camera. Uh, That was fascinating. What uh, they were talking about their star lineage and the, the Akashic and by their past lives. And I loved that conversation. That was really beautiful. So honoured to have met them both. So I'm going to have them back 
on the show and we're going to talk about their courses. I wanted to just get to know them and meet them today. And um, towards the end of the year or maybe next year, we'll have them back. And um, I'm developing, we're developing a new platform to specifically talk about people's education and courses and what people are offering in the way of courses and education for our spiritual evolution. Yeah, so that that's a um, bit of a new thing that we're going to do next year because most of the conversations I have on the show is just really just a conversation to meet people and hear their awakening story and hear some of their spiritual experiences. Uh, I find I always find it fascinating to hear people's stories, just just fascinating. But next year we're going to get a bit more focused on what people can actually offer us and um, you can pick and choose from the people that we speak with and see what is the fit for you because there's a lot of things to learn and uh, many of the people that watch my shows know that they're here to make a difference in some way and don't know where to start, don't know what courses to do or where to start or so we're going to sort all that out for you next year. <laughs> it's going to be a new year, 2023, a new year. Yes, big changes afoot, big changes ahead, more focus, more streamline. It'll be great. It'll be good. Because uh, I have to say there are many people just watching podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast, listening to people's stories and their NDE stories and their out-of-body experiences and their, you know, spiritually transformative experiences and then what do you do with that? You know, I had Ray Hernandez on the show last week and he said that he went through a period of about four years obsessively reading. He wasn't, I think it was, was it before the internet? No, it was 2012, but reading books. He just went to the library and got out 10, 20 books at a time on on spiritually transformative experiences, NDE and out-of-body experiences and ET, you know, experiences and and he is like a living library, honestly. He's like an encyclopedia of all these experiences that he read. Uh, and he was just obsessive about it. But uh, And then he had to do something with it. So he started writing his books, putting it all together, which is what we spoke about for almost three hours, about the books that he's putting out there in a very mainstream, digestible way so that he's bringing the scientists and the PhD, you know, and the doctors and the scientists into it to explain it in a very mainstream way in a very scientific way so that people don't think it's woo-woo and crazy and psychotic and all that sort of stuff you know bringing it into the realm of education and uh he said something interesting to me I don't think it was during our recording but he said this work will be valued after he leaves the planet so um so he kind of knew that he was doing all this work but he might never live in his physical body to see the value of the work and the books that he's putting out there and I thought that was interesting and I said yeah I can actually see the books that you're creating in educational institutions you know like people like a textbook people will be studying them because this work has to become a part of our education system and no one ever teaches us about our psychic ability or how to focus our thoughts or how to connect to higher guidance and wisdom or the inner guru and it needs to be a vital part of our education. It needs to be right there. It's the most important thing that we can learn. Yeah. Don't you love that crystal ball saying hello on the corner there? It's hilarious. <laughs> hello, little crystal ball. <laughs> Just peeping in to say hello, pink crystal ball. All right. Who's coming up in the inner sanctum? Well, um, no one's for September. I, it was me at the beginning of September, and now I'm uh, going to go and do a bit of a retreat in the country and make a drum and 
Jane Ellsworthy, who has been on the show, if you want to check out Jane, she's a master teacher and drum maker and musician, master, and I just adore her. So I'm going to go to see her out in the Red Centre and and sit under the stars and talk to the ETs and make a hand drum and, yeah, a bit of a birthday present to myself. So I haven't got anyone else, but there are other people coming in. Debs Shakti, I think Debs is coming in, who I spoke to this year on the show. And, oh, I'll tell you who else we've got coming in is Jasmine. Jasmine is coming in too, who was the breatharian that I spoke to this year on the show as well. She's a beautiful spiritual teacher who lives in Australia. I think she's in Queensland. And she's wonderful if you want to come and meet them. Debs is coming up next month and Robert Schwartz is coming back, Your Soul's Plan and Destiny. He talks about your plan and how we plan our lives. Love Robert. I think that his information is vitally important for our planet. I've had a bit of pushback when I've spoken to some people about, you know, how we plan all the traumas in our life. People don't like that. They're like, no, I never would have planned that. I never, there's no way I planned that. But when you speak to dead people, they're like, yep, that was all part of the plan. He's wonderful. And Jasmine in December coming in, uh, Living on Light, the Ascension Agenda. Source-fed, she calls it, Living on Light. She doesn't need to eat physical food. She can if she wants to for the pure enjoyment of it, but it's not necessary for her to eat ever if she doesn't wish to because Source provides her with all the life force she needs to live and thrive abundantly. So she is fascinating. I just love Jasmine. So it's an exciting crew. And I haven't thought about next year yet, something I usually do in December or January. But as I say, we're going to mix things up a bit next year. So thanks again for listening and watching. And if you want to reach out for me, I was just telling Jane, I never even promote my own courses or my own self on my show. And other people are so good. At the beginning of their shows, they always sort of talk about what they do and what the right books they write and all that sort of thing. And I think, hmm, I should do that on my own show. I should do that. Yeah, people, lots of people reach out to me for sessions and courses, but I've got some courses running at the end of the year or probably at the beginning of next year. Now, I haven't got any courses running at the moment about delving into your spiritual abilities. And of course, I do private sessions, um, sessions and readings and get you connected to your spirit guides, which is something I love doing and uh, showing you just how easy that is to get connected to your spirit guide as I watch people on other shows and have people on my shows talking about you know meeting god in their ndes i often ask my guides you know god isn't an entity that you can meet in an nde who are they meeting and they said well actually they're seeing the own, own magnificence of their own soul and as this shining light as this magnificent light and they from their human perspective perceive that as god which is not that it's untrue because we are all an extension of that as a soul we're all a holograph of the one infinite creator. So you are meeting God in a way, but you're meeting the God that is you, your own soul, your own divinity. And uh, as I was taking someone to meet their spirit guide the other day, the three people turned up and one was just this shining light, this beautiful light. And I said, who is it? And she goes, I think it's another me. And so I love the way she put it. Instead of saying, oh, it's my higher self or my soul. She said, I think it's another me. I loved it. Yeah. That, that God that you meet, that God, that ever-present, loving, infinite intelligence is you. <laughs> you are God. I am God. It's something Shirley MacLaine taught me 40 years ago. 
I am God. It's in her book, Out on a Limb. Stand and look at the ocean and declare, I am God. God and you are one energy source, one energy source. All right. Big love to all of you. Thank you again for listening and sharing the shows and all your comments and um, and reaching out. It's, it's beautiful to hear from you all. Remember, check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.